Thank you, and welcome to this teaching from Today Evangelical Ministries. Today Evangelical Ministries is dedicated to teaching the undiluted truth of God's Word. Here is Dr. Emeka Ozrumba as he brings today's teaching. May the Lord bless you as you listen. But today I'm going to, be, I'm going to talk about the master test kit. The master. Remember last, last Thursday we were talking about what? Bottomless what? Pit. And today we'll talk about the master kit. You know the kit you use to measure. If you have a car, listen to me. There are of us who have a car, but then you see, I have a car and yet I don't have a car. You know why? Because I don't know anything about the car. You say you have something, but you don't know anything about it. You don't have anything. I don't know how to measure the oil or the water. I'm talking about that kit that measures what? The fruits of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the test of affliction. No matter how you say I've been transformed, wait until affliction comes. When that test comes, you can pass it. Then you are actually being transformed. Because that test will separate you from what? How you handle that test will separate you and an unbeliever. You want me to say that again? No. I think the most dreaded thing that any human being has a thought of is what? Affliction of his body. The most dreaded thing. The most fear. I mean, every human being is so fearful of what? Affliction. Especially when that affliction is what? When your own flesh is afflicted. But you see, that's what I used to think and I used to believe before. And that's what I feared most. Remember John, Job? Job said, what, that which I feared most has come upon me. You see? So God has been helping me not to fear that which I know that eventually may come upon me. Especially the, that which is inevitable, death. We worry so much about it, so that which is inevitable. We worry about things that are so perishable. Listen to me carefully. And that's what suppresses one who is transformed. Because one who is transformed is now the spirit of God. The flesh is dead. The flesh has been mortified. Behold, it rises again as the spirit of God. And the spirit of God cannot be so consigned about the things of this world and what is going to come upon it. Because you know one thing, the spirit of God knows one thing. If anything comes, the only thing you can do, do is to do what? To destroy this physical body and nothing more than that. If the soul is saved, then that makes a difference. And that's why we come, that God is always there for us. That fear. Let me Job, please, 2, 4 to 5. We're going to examine how do we handle affliction. All of us here, one way or the other, is either afflicted or will be afflicted. Eventually in life. Right? Go on, yes? Job 2, 4 to 5. Yes. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin. Mm -hmm. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. But stretch out your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will surely curse you to your face. He will surely curse you to your face. Have you ever found yourself, or you may find yourself, sometimes in a situation where you begin to wonder, have I actually believed in a lie? I don't know if you have asked that, but sometimes you, that may come to you. Where actually you are going, you are praying. 
The affliction is so much. The pain is so much. And then you wonder, where is my God? Where is this God? Have I believed in a lie? Is he still there? That's when the test of transformation. When God sits back and says, let me see how my child will react. Remember the children of Israel. You know they came out of Egypt. And all the wonders and the mighty things that God did. And brought them out of Egypt by a mighty hand. And then the time came. Even when they got to the what? To the shore of Red Sea. They see it divided. They passed through. But at the same time, they sang a big song. You know, when they passed, they sang a big song. Moses' sister was just was jumping around. Do you know that song? Who is like? Boy, they were all jumping. And God said, oh, these people, I'll find out whether you mean what they are singing. In about one minute or two, they walked over. And as they were walking, no water. Everywhere dry. And they start saying, what kind of God is this? What can, he brought us, can you believe this wicked God? He brought us from Egypt to destroy all of us. He could have destroyed us there while we were drinking water. Maybe we would die. That would have been better than just testing this. And God says, see, these are people who sang a few minutes ago. It was like unto me. They forgot that I'm God. So one who is transformed, what separates you is how, the way you handle affliction. Please listen to me. That's, that's the second greatest test of transformation is affliction. And that's a measuring yard. And that's the key when it comes. And you are afflicted and you are in pain. And how do you handle that? Do you handle that? See, trusting God. Do you handle that? Cursing God. Do you handle that? Blaming everybody else. How do you deal with it? That's just the key. And that's why you say that anyone who is transformed of God has become God. And if it's God, then his mind is the mind of Christ. If the mind is the mind of Christ, then that mind is set where? Read me Colossians, please, 3, 1 to 10. Colossians 3, 1 to 10. Yes. If then you were raised with Christ, yes. seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Mm -hmm. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Yes. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, mm -hmm. since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You have now put on the new man. You've been transformed into the new man, into the spirit of the living God. And that cannot happen except if you read actually the scriptures we read now. It says you did. You died. Except the flesh is mortified. Now, whenever there's affliction, 
That's a worry. We're concerned about what? What do we concern ourselves about? Tell me. Whenever there's affliction, what are we worried about? Suffering. Suffering. If, can somebody who is dead still suffer? Now, you see, it, what I'm talking about is spiritual and it's impossible. And somebody may say, uh, what is he talking about? Can he do that? But I'm telling you, if the Spirit of God you are transferring, the Spirit of God is helping you. You come to the point where your eyes are open and you're looking at the heaven and you're looking at that which is up there. And you don't care anymore what happens here because you know one thing, until when you realize that what, if it doesn't happen today, it will happen tomorrow. It will certainly happen. Then you begin to walk above the things of this world and principalities. Are you, are you all following what I'm talking about? Are you? Yes. Maybe you're not. Listen to me right now. Because otherwise you continue to be afflicted. As long as you are of this world and you have not crucified this flesh, you continue to be afflicted. But now let me ask you this. Affliction is a blessing. Oh, uh, those on the internet, I hope nobody will stone me tomorrow. Until you get one point. Affliction is the greatest tool for transformation. Affliction is a refining tool. When you take affliction that way, that it is a refining tool, it's a transforming tool. It's the only tool that we, you can use to do what? To conform into the image of God. He said, I will refine you with what? With fire. When you come out, you become gold. He said, no matter whatever happens, Lord, here I am. The most important thing to me that if I die, I'm in your hand. Because I know it is one day going to come. And that's what? Give me Hebrews, please, 12. 5 to 11. I know this is one of the most difficult things. I'm telling you, but you need to reach there if you say you are transformed totally unto God. Yes? Hebrews 12, 5 to 11. Mm -hmm. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Mm -hmm. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Let's stop right there before you continue reason. What is the greatest tool that the, the Lord uses to chastise? And, and, and it looks like this topic, nobody wants to, want to talk about it, okay? What is the greatest tool in the hand of God to chastise people? It's affliction. You know one thing? The most, and the most lucrative time we run to God is when we're afflicted. If, if it hasn't happened to you, just it will happen. That's the greatest time we run to God. We are very unselfish children. Every time we run away from him, and then when we're afflicted, then we are running and say to God, you know one thing, if you save me this time. And God said, unfortunate, you know, this unfaithful child. I will save you. But tomorrow, you will run away and you come back again and say, if you save me this time. How many times are you going to ask me for that? That is a time we are so drawn to God. At the time of affliction, you see, our sister was sharing a testimony of near the office where she was, was born in. And you know one thing, she ran off. And she took what? All, she took herself alone. She didn't take the bag. She didn't take the key. didn't take anything. Let me tell you one thing. When affliction comes, that's the time you, you begin to say, Lord, here I am. He said, what I mean, where you are? 
I have been here waiting for you for a long time. But now, the only way I can get your attention is to really, I mean, push you a little bit and see if you can respond to me. That's affliction for you. That's God. He uses it as a tool. It does happen. Are you following me now? So, he says chastisement. When he chastises you with affliction, don't murmur. If you murmur, that means that what? You'll do it again. Because you're ungrateful. Keep reading. Verse 7. If you endure chastening, God deals with you mm -hmm. as with sons. Yes. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. Mm -hmm. But he for our profit. For our profit, go on. That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Let's prove that there's no chastening, there's no suffering, there's no affliction that is pleasant, immediately. You know, like, I mean, I don't want to say it. Like a pregnant woman, it goes through so many things. All of a sudden, has a baby. In fact, the very moment the baby comes, the next day, she forgets all about it. There is anywhere that is good, that is bad. I want you to know that now. Anywhere that is good, there's always bad associated with it. Affliction must surely come. And affliction is that refining tool if you want to be refined unto God. Through affliction, only through affliction, that actually with God gets a lot of our attention to do what? To Refine. check yourself. Take a look at yourself. Consider your ways and reconsider where you're going. You're going now. You are now on the highway of what? Hell. You better make a U-turn and come back. And that's what God does. Give me Haggai, please. One, five to seven. Haggai, one, five to seven. Yes. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Yes. You have sown much and bring in little. Mm -hmm. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Consider and reconsider and come back. Affliction does that. Affliction is a blessing. Let me tell you what is that right now. Just come back. Affliction is a blessing. Only through affliction that you can learn so much. You can become what you want to become. Now, only through affliction that you can say, Lord, here I am. What are you trying to teach me? One who is transformed. Lord, what are you trying to teach me with this? Because there is nothing that you cannot... Transformation will teach you, no, sorry, that, you know, affliction, no matter how small or big, you will learn something from it. It's like reading a book. Any book you read, no matter how bad, there must be something you'll find out of it. And that's how transformation, and God uses that too, and tries to get people. Somebody may say, does God afflict people? I'm not here telling you that God afflicts people, but God allows people to be afflicted. 
either to get their attention. He is the one who created everything, both good and evil. Give me Proverbs 16, 4, please. Proverbs 16, 4. Yes. The Lord has made all things for himself. Mm -hmm. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. Even for the wicked, so he can use it for the doom. Read me Isaiah 45, 5 and 6. Isaiah 45, 5 and 6. Yes. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is none. There is no God besides me. I will guard you though you have not known me. I will guard you that I have not known me. Read me the next verse. That they may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is none besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. And there is no other. Go on to the next one. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I make peace and I create calamity. And I will may use any one of them for the purpose that I want to achieve. Let me tell you, God, if you're able to allow God to achieve his purpose in whatever is going on in your life, you are now a child of God. Everything about you belongs to God. Now, let's look at this. How do you deal with affliction. That's going to be the key, please, right now. How do you deal with affliction? Do you sit down and moan and complain and murmur and probably begin to quarrel with God? Or has it ever come to you when any affliction comes in? Have you ever, that has ever happened to you where you feel like, well, you know one thing? My soul, be still. You know, Reverend Nali was reading that in Deuteronomy. My soul be still. This God I know will see me through. Have you ever had that belief in going through things? But then you see, the issue is this. The Lord keeps what? Silent. You know, he does that a lot. He, loves, he does that a lot. Because why he's God? He keeps silent. And then you keep bothering, you keep praying, and he keeps silent. And you begin to get frustrated. Psalm 46, 10, please. Psalm 46, 10. Yes. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the earth and the earth. In the, I will reign. I am God. And that's why I said be still. And Job got it right. Give me Job, please, five. 17 to 19. Job 5, 17 to 19. Yes. Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. Mm -hmm. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. For he bruises, but he binds up. He binds up. He wounds, but his hands make whole. He has delivered you in six troubles. Yes, in seven, no evil shall touch you. In seven, no evil, he will deliver you. And that's what, exactly what the children, the three Hebrew children, they said. Daniel, please, three, 16 to 18. Daniel's? Three, 16 to 18. Daniel, three, 16 to 18. Yes. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace 
and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, hmm. nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. The God who I serve will deliver me. And even if at all he doesn't, in this affliction, the fact still remains that there's one thing that I must hold on to, my integrity. My righteousness, whatever it is, that hope I have in eternal life, I will never give up. There's something that is priceless and imperishable. I'll keep to that. If you will do that, you'll overcome every affliction. And even Job was saying the same thing. Read me Job, please, 27, 1 to 6. Job 27, 1 to 6. Yes. Moreover, Job continued his discourse and said, as God lives, who has taken away my justice, mm -hmm. and the Almighty, who has made my soul bitter, as long as my breath is in me, and the breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not speak wickedness, yes. nor my tongue utter deceit. Far be it from me that I should say you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast. And will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. Can anybody tell me what Job was referring to when he said, Far be from it that I should even say that you are right? We read the Bible, please help me. Cause God, no. He said, What? He said, Far be from it that I should agree with you. The friends of Job were telling Job, you know one thing, Job, face the fact. It's God who is punishing you for what you have done. And don't tell us anything otherwise. And Job said, I'm not going to agree with you. It doesn't make a difference. In other words, my God doesn't do things like that. Even if I thought he does, but I'm not going to blame him. They didn't have his way. Even his wife. The wife, you know, he told him, why don't you just curse this God and die? You are here maintaining your integrity. You think integrity, you're going to eat integrity. You know how people, they say, you're going to eat integrity all the rest of your life? <laughs> Read me Job 2, please, 7 to 10. Job 2, 7 to 10. Mm -hmm. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with painful boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And he took for himself a pot shed with which to scrape himself while he sat in the midst of the ashes. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. <laughs> shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. In all this, Job did not curse God or sin his lips. Oh, it's amazing when sometimes you are afflicted and the devil comes in and enters into somebody to even make you, to aggravate you. What are you doing here? You think that's where it's going to work? You know that they do that even all over right now, even some churches and with our people. You are there praying and praying and saying, I trust in God. I believe in God. In fact, even Pastor Falanci will, will, will give us that testimony. 
I want to maintain the integrity. And people are coming to you. Even people you think you should expect that they will understand. People you think they are of God, they said, look, my brother, this one is not, is, this is not for prayer. You better just go and do that which you're supposed to do. I am telling you. There are other people who have done something. Go and do it. The voice, the confusing voice of the enemy will always continue to come unto you until once it comes to it. That's the time when you resist. No, I know my day, Redeemer what? I know my Redeemer liveth. And forever, no matter whatever happens, let it happen. But I'm not going to offend him by doing what you want me to do. That is why when you have that, how do you overcome affliction? Except one is truly transformed, and then you have a spiritual eye and a spiritual attitude. Attitude is all about everything. Attitude. Listen to me. Even those who are sick in the hospital. You know one thing? If you don't have the right attitude, the person will die very quickly. When you have the spiritual attitude of saying, yes, I know that my God is able to. But if he doesn't want to do it, so let it be the way it will be. Look at Job. And Job said, no matter whatever happens, where is that Job 13, 15, please? Job 13, 15. Yes. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before him. I will defend my own ways. What actually mattered to Job was that when the day will come, when you face God face to face, that he will be able to do what? To stand and defend his own ways. Lord, I have done what you want me to do. But no matter how you slay me, no matter whatever you do unto me, you know why? God, I am yours. You own me. So do whatever you want to do. I know you can just, even whatever it is, break me to pieces and also put me back together. That is the attitude. What I'm talking about, spiritual attitude. Spiritual understanding of what affliction. When you are able to look at affliction as an opportunity to what? To put the enemy to shame. And glorify God. Or God to go glorified in your life. That is exactly what it means to be transformed when being afflicted. And you see, Paul was even getting, Paul got that very right. Completely. And even before Paul, you see Christ saying what? In Matthew 5.10, say, blessed are the persecuted, right? Right? For theirs is what? But who is that one whose kingdom that is persecuted? That the one who is persecuted for righteousness' sake. Not just persecuted, the kingdom is there. But Paul also got it. Paul went through hell. Listen to me. None of us will ever go through what Paul had come, that Paul went through. But after all that, I couldn't believe it when I was reading Paul. He said, this light affliction. In other words, I'm not going to let this light affliction distract me. Are we, are we all together? Give me 2 Corinthians, please. 4, 8. 2 Corinthians 4, 8. Mm -hmm. We are, are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. Yes. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Not in despair. If you want to continue reading. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Mm -hmm. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. The Lord that Jesus. the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Read me 16 to 17. 
Second Corinthians 4, mm-hmm. 16 to 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Mm-hmm. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. I just, before you read 17, the outward man is perishing, perishing every single day. But the inward man, that which is imperishable, that which is the most needed, the only thing that you should hold on to, that you will never lose. Every other thing, we're going to lose it. But he said that one is renewed day by day. How? Because they are able to stand affliction and say no matter what. And the more you stand affliction, the more promotion you get from God. Every affliction you will stand promotes you to another level. Are you following me now? Every affliction is a promote. You know, affliction is a source of promotion if you can stand it. Finish reading the place. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. If Paul will go all the things he went through, and Paul is saying, this light affliction. I love that area. This light affliction. Why would I be distracted because of this? And you know one thing? I've not even reached anywhere. I've not gotten anywhere yet. But you see, one thing that the Lord has helped me that Something's happening to me now, or I'm told this and that, and I said, you know one thing, is that all? I move on. Because I know one thing, it will not happen until his appointed time. Nothing's going to happen until God says it's going to happen. And if it happens now, Lord, let it be that it's happening. I mean, you are what? In your hands. If I'm in his hand, you want to be 100 years old, you go ahead and be. That's your own problem. But you know one thing, I want to be one second old and his hand than 100 years old and aside what? His own hand. And Peter was also calling it a different name. Peter said this thing he's talking about is common. In other words, there's nothing new under the sun. Tell me what affliction we have gone through that you can tell me is new. Anything? Give me 1 Corinthians 10, 13 please. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yes. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Every temptation is common to man. And then what affliction does, like I told you, is a measuring stick. It's a test kit. It takes affliction tests every fruit of the Holy Spirit in you. If you go to the Holy Spirit, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 to 24, tell me all of them, affliction, tests all of them. Affliction tests love. Love means nothing except love can withstand affliction. Are you following me now? I love God and then there's an affliction and then I fall off. I don't love God. Affliction tests, will test faith, belief, trust. Everything that is the Holy Spirit, affliction will test you. If you pass it, then you pass that. Can you read that, please? Galatians 5.22. Mm-hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, mm-hmm. joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Against such, there is no law. And all these fruits of the Holy Spirit 
I'm telling you, affliction is the one who will determine. If you survive affliction, you have survived them. Love, you'll be tested. Joy, long-suffering, kindness. Oh, when, I, when you're afflicted, let me see whether you stay kind or not. Goodness, when you're afflicted, let me see if you're good or not. Everything, when you're afflicted, let me see who you are and what you will do. You see, bless those who endure affliction. And that is why James also called it a blessing. Read me James 1, 12, please. James 1, 12. Yes. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. Mm -hmm. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. When he's approved, he will receive the crown of life. Now, we were talking before about God being so silent. That is the area that is a little bit very frustrating sometimes. God is so silent. And I've been praying unto God. And he's silent. And he's silent because he's God. His ways are not our ways. He knows exactly from the beginning to the end. He knows what is going to happen. If silent, you know, God was silent when his only begotten son was on the cross. Did you know that? He was silent. Why? Because if he did anything otherwise, where would you be? All of us, where would you be? He knew exactly what he wanted. The death will save others. And that's how God is. And then look at exactly what he did with Paul. Paul of Tarsus, right? They call it Paul, Saul of Tarsus. You know, Paul was going all over, persecuting people in Jerusalem. God allowed him. God Almighty allowed Paul. When anything is happening to you, you say, why is this thing happening? God might have allowed it. God allowed Saul to persecute his children. For the reason why? Let me ask of Apostle 8, 3 and 4, please. Acts 8, 3 and 4. Yes. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, mm -hmm. entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. That is the key. God used affliction, that he afflicted his church to push them away. You know, they were all in, in Houston. No, I mean Jerusalem. We don't know Jerusalem. I'm just talking about Jerusalem. They were all in Jerusalem. Even after the Pentecost. Think about it. Even after the Pentecost, most of them were still afraid to venture. They wouldn't want to go anywhere beyond Jerusalem. They were keeping. And God, even you Saul, you might, it will surprise you. To start persecuting them and say, get away from here. Because sometimes we don't want to listen until affliction comes. And then what they did was what? Those who were persecuted, they ran. And as Iran, they dispersed. They went to different villages then and began to preach the same word of God. So God used that to spread his gospel. But unto man, it might not look so good. Are you, are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Unto him. So whatever is happening to you and whatever affliction, there's a reason. Let it be that God will achieve his own purpose. If you do that, he will. And let me tell you because we just want to make sure we, we conclude with, exactly with the time. Now, there are three types of affliction. Maybe you can just, just please get this one. There are three types of affliction. Number one, and we're not going to do so much in it, is actually the natural phenomenon. The one that is so common, it's happening to everybody. If there's a hurricane here and everyone is afflicted, everyone is afflicted. That's an affliction. But do you know one thing? That there are many of us that still murmur and complain when it is so common and natural. We wonder about why God, as if we're the only one suffering it. 
But then the, the one that is really very important to me and should be important to you is the invited guest. Let me say that again. There is affliction that I call the invited guest. We invite him in to come. And when he comes, that is the one that is very, very difficult to get away. You see, read me Jeremiah 2.17, please. Jeremiah 2.17. Yes. Have you not brought this on yourself, mm -hmm. in that you have forsaken the Lord your God when he led you in the way? We invite affliction. Because we, are about, we, lead, we forsake God. When we forsake God and begin to go our own way, and begin to do things contrary to God, begin to commit sin, and walk in our own way, and then God will just leave, affliction will come in, and then we start calling on God, and God said, did you not bring this unto yourself? I didn't bring it, you caused it. And actually, I think James was saying the same thing. James, you got James 1, 14, 15, please. James 1, 14 and 15. Yes, ma'am. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Mm -hmm. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. When it's full grown, it brings forth death. You remember Adam and Eve? The first thing actually Eve did was what? Eve said that... He, that actually the fruit was good to look at. And it would be nice, wonderful food. How did she know it would be wonderful food? She has thought about it. When we invite problem, God says, don't do this thing that will hurt you. Sinful things, immorality, whatever it may be, it will hurt you eventually. When we do that, then we're the one inviting evil. And when evil comes, we better be able to just, what, acknowledge and go down and call upon God to help us to deliver us from it. There is that which is invited when we bring that upon ourselves. The last one will be the test of faith. When God leaves affliction to test our faith, that's what happened to Job. That's also what happened even to Abraham. Abraham, he said he tested Abraham. One word, the other. Read me Genesis, please. 22. One to two. Genesis 22, one to two. Yes. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham mm -hmm. and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. If Abraham, or if we were Abraham, how would you have reacted? No, most people would have just said, this God again. Eh? No, this God again. He gave me the only son and now he's asking me, how can you be, be, you know. But the man just simple went. Looking at affliction coming. Give me the same chapter, 16 to 18, please. Genesis twenty two sixteen to 18. Mm -hmm. And said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, 
And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Because you obeyed my voice. You took whatever the onslaught, the affliction, you didn't mind. You took it in. And you obeyed me. And for that, I will bless you. You see, well, let's look at, you look at Joseph. Joseph in Genesis 50, 20. You see Joseph, one who was sold. Look at somebody that God, that's the way God operates. God gave him a dream. A dream. And then the dreams turned what? Into a curse. Pretty much like a curse. He was sold into slavery. And even in slavery, he got there and God blessed him. And again, temptation came again. Listen to me. And that temptation came again. The wife of the master wanted something. The same thing, what? Joseph was able to stand upright, no matter what. Joseph didn't think, you know one thing? I don't care about this God. I will do what I have, I have to do. After all, that God allowed me to be sold into slavery. You know, most of us would think that way. But it didn't happen. But read me only 20. Genesis 50, 20. Yes. But as for you, you meant evil against me, mm -hmm. but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people alive. To save many people. God meant it good. It was difficult, but God has shown why is God. So, even going to what Reverend Nali was giving to us, Pastor Charles touched it, the worshiper touched it, God is God, and he cannot fail his people. If we actually believe in him and trust in him, he will show up. But if we are, every time we complain, affliction is coming, we are murmuring, then we will continue to repeat, and that affliction will never leave because we are complaining unto him. And there is nobody who can strive with God. It's not possible. You know why? Because God is God. The reason why sometimes he allows affliction is to let us know one thing. That is awesome greatness. Man may think. Man may conjure. Man can even guess. But only God knows. And he will do that which pleases him. Read me Isaiah please 40. 46. Isaiah 40, 46. Every valley shall be exalted. 3, 6 to 8, don't worry. Isaiah 46 to 8. Yes. The voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. Let's stop right there. Through affliction, God tries to show us that we are nothing. We are just mere vapor. Let's get it right now. Until you appreciate that, that God is great and awesome. And that that's the one you should always look up to. Keep on reading, please. The grass withers, the mm -hmm. flower fades, because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God stands forever. It stands forever. Read me 15, please. Isaiah 40, 15. Yes. Behold, the nations are as a drop in a bucket. All the nations. 
That's the one now. They are just like a drop. Go on. And are counted as the small dust on the scales. Mm -hmm. Look, he lifts up the owls as a very little thing. So when there's affliction, fear him. You know what? Sometimes we complain. I was telling somebody. I said, imagine if God will let go the ocean. Ocean that is very far than Gavati here. You know, hurricane comes, we run. And we run, we run, we run. Where are we running to? We're running nowhere. My sister was talking about how he ran out of the, the building. Where are you running to? You know, that was a maker's room, but where would you run to? You can't escape him. You, I can only run because he allows me. And he's giving me that strength. Let's appreciate him that way. You have a situation where if that is done, he said, I am God. Read me the same place, 18 to 22, please. Isaiah 40, 18 to 22. Yes. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare to him? Mm -hmm. The workman molds an image. The goldsmith overspreads it with gold. And the silversmith casts silver chains. Whoever is too impoverished for such a contribution chooses a tree that will not rot. He seeks for himself a skillful workman mm -hmm. to prepare a carved image that will not totter. Have you not known? I know. Have you not heard? Mm -hmm. Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. Who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in? We are like grasshoppers. We are like grasshoppers in the hands of God. Whenever anything happens, sit down and try to appreciate him and thank him and let him just deliver you. He is able to. And if he doesn't want to, let him accomplish his purpose. Whatever that purpose may be. But one thing is this. Never you come out of affliction without becoming something. Amen. It is not about affliction. When you concentrate everything is affliction, affliction. We lose actually what we should learn. Everything about God. That What, what do, did I learn from this thing? Did I become something? Or was it a wasted exercise for God? That means I have not learned anything. Leave me the same place, Lord. 25 to 31, please. Isaiah 40, 25 to 31. Yes. To whom then will you liken me? Or to whom shall I be equal, says the Holy One? Mm -hmm. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. Who brings out their hosts by number? He calls them all by name. Mm -hmm. By the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Hmm. The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Yes. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen? That's an encouragement for those who are transformed children of God. 
the Redeemer lives. And he can deliver. But nobody can deliver from his hand. But he can deliver from anywhere. And he is God. We will end here with this encouragement. I want you to know one thing. We are all afflicted. People get afflicted. But if you call it affliction, or you feel it's an affliction, it becomes affliction. But if you call it as an opportunity, opportunity to glorify the name of my God, opportunity for the enemy to be put to shame, I will not give the glory of God to that enemy, Satan. I will not do it. Whatever it is, let it be. Is it pain? Let me just take that pain. I can't, whatever it is. But you know one thing? In the end, no matter whether I have pain or not, I will surely die. What matters to me is that God. If you do that, you begin to see the enemy begin to leave you. I'm telling you, when you can throw After all, he left Job. After he tried the man, he tried the man, there's no way to turn him around. You have to leave. You have no other choice. He couldn't talk to God anymore. He couldn't argue and say, God, can I, can I do this one? Because he did everything he could. I know it's not easy what we're talking about. But I also know one thing. If, we, if you have gone through this year, we've been talking about transformation, and you have been changed completely into God, you will be able to handle this. Because ordinary flesh cannot handle it. But the Spirit of God with the spiritual attitude, the mindset is always where the battle is. And I know that. Once you make up your mind, you know one thing, I'm going to go through this thing, and God will be with me. Oh, you'll be surprised what God can do. But then, if it doesn't happen that way, so be it. But the Lord Almighty, I pray that will sustain all of us. Because I know, I know the pain. But I also know one thing, I already my leaves. And that is able. May the Lord God Almighty strengthen all of us, sustain and keep you, and equip you with that tool that you can always overcome. So that when we say, we have come by the blood of the Lamb, and we really mean it, that Christ is not. And that we may realize one thing, that greater always will be he who is in us than that which is in the world, all put together. May the Lord keep and strengthen you and your families all the days of your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this message from Today Evangelical Ministries. We would love to receive your feedback and stay connected with you. So send us your comments or questions through our website on our Contact Us page or by sending an email to info at tmonline.org. Our web address is tmonline.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. God bless you.